Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey, I'm McCoy here, and you are listening to the Solar Panel. You let me know. You won't beat the hell with car. Oh, it's like bling blow, ayy. Yeah, you can't hold me down. Yeah, how you let me know? You won't beat the hell with car. Oh, it's like bling blow, ayy. Gonna, 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 yeah, gonna. Hello and welcome everybody to another edition of the Sun Solar Panel. Whether you're watching us on the Fox Sports Arizona Facebook page, the Sun Solar Panel YouTube page, or listening to us wherever you get podcasts, we appreciate you being along with us. I am your host, Greg Esposito, ahoy hoy, and joined as always by a man who seems more fascinated with the Jumbotron than the actual game going on. He is Dave King. Dave, how you are have you? No idea how big that thing is until you see it in person. Dang. And that's what okay. That's what We're she not... said. That's what... <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna stop there, Dave. Jeez. It's Saturday morning, guys. <laughs> let's family uh, let's... show. Come on. Cartoons are on. Just just save that for cartoons when, are on. Save that for Wednesday night's uh, sun solar panel after dark. All right, uh, and and a, a, another guy on the show that is uh, I don't even know where to go with it after after what just happened. I had a whole introduction. But he's he, he's Carmel Thunder. He is uh, Saul Bookman. Saul, how are you, my friend? Oh man, it is an early morning for whatever. You know how some mornings are just earlier than others. I literally woke up at three o'clock this morning and could not go back to sleep. And when I finally did, I had a nightmare that I had passed out at this desk, at this desk, preparing for the show. And it was eight thirty in the morning, and you guys had replaced me with Tim again. So uh, that's how my morning started off. <laughs> that sounds like a nightmare for everybody listening, not uh, watching, oh, not for. Now we love you, Tim. Always, always will, always have. So, a lot to talk about as preseason. I always say that, but there always seems to be a lot to talk about when it comes to the Phoenix yeah. Suns, and in particular, right now, as uh, since the last time we talked to you last week, the entire preseason is over, gentlemen. We've seen the entire dress rehearsal for the Phoenix Suns. And that means we've got some questions about this season that, uh, that we're going to have to uh, have to talk about. Then we're going to do a new segment called tweet or delete. And we're also going to, as always imagine this, and we may even have time for some flaming baller mail sack. So that's kind of what is coming up today on the show. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun. Yep. I'm excited. Dave is the only one that's actually been to the arena in person, mm-hmm. um, you know, risking life and limb during this pandemic to watch a basketball game. So yeah, I figured that um, was is actually good to go during preseason because there'd be the least <laughs> number of people possible there, and it was a it was a good call. Let's be honest, Dave. Dave basically could have sat at home for what he did on Friday night. Oh, yep, for sure. Absolutely, I could have. Game on the jumbotron. <laughs> <laughs> like. Actually, 
Yeah. If if you sat real close to your TV, you would have the same effect, Dave. That's uh, that's uh, all I'm saying. You uh, apparently have a small TV. Okay. <laughs> well, let's get into it. We've got tweet. Uh, we've got five burning questions coming out of the preseason that we need to figure out here and and address. Right. There's a lot of things that that we need to know about. Ooh. Before we even get to that, what about like just our overall impressions on the preseason? Like, oh, you, you man, and Saul just likes to grab the wheel. I'm just. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I will. I will do, step back. My bad. We can do our <laughs> overall impressions. Uh, like, uh, what? What? Uh, what was your overall impression, Saul, of uh, of the preseason? You know, I'm starting to feel like the preseason's much like uh, the NFL preseason, where it's just kind of pointless. Now, I know this preseason's a little bit different because there was value to this because of the truncated preseason um, and, and how quick we got to the preseason from the postseason. So I understand that there's value, but man, it's hard for me not to, to watch these games and be like, but they don't mean anything. So I, I don't like really get invested and I don't care about blown leads and I don't care about, you know, I just want to see players, you know, get back into a rhythm get back on the court, build that chemistry. Is it there? Is it not? What needs to be tweaked? You know, where they change it from game to game. That's basically all all I care about. I don't really care about runs. I don't really care about how the other team plays. I don't really care about how they play against us. Like it's all going to be different in the regular season. Okay. I, I agree with that in theory, but Friday night, the fact that after three quarters, LeBron and AD got theirs, right? I mean, they, they both were, showing why they're superstars in this league and the sun's still led by one to me that meant something because the lakers were playing ad and and lebron regular season minutes in those first three quarters and even without chris paul the suns withstood the best that those two guys had to give and and were leading after three so to me that that has some meaning right that 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 shows promise now i get i get you know not analyzing runs in the fourth quarter because because you're you're playing guys you're likely not going to see much in the regular season but to me that meant something friday night i liked what i saw friday night i liked the energy that the team was playing with uh, especially in the obviously in the first three quarters because in the fourth quarter it was jonathan motley and damian jones time on the front line, which is hopefully something we won't see much ever again. Um, it, there's just, it, it's tough. The Suns, look, I asked Monty a couple of questions after the game that he said were, well, he said at least one was spot on. I'll take both. Uh, one is that their big man depth is not <laughs> that great. Um, they, they have a tough time without Dario Saric in that rotation among the big men because they really only have Aiden and Saric this year. They don't have Frank. Although he is not great, he's at least a big guy who knows how to play the game of basketball. And then you've got um, Aaron Baines last year, and, and the Suns are missing both those guys. Um, so I'm a little worried about the depth at big man, and we saw way too much of it in the preseason. I get that, uh, and we won't see that again in the regular season. But uh, we'll see some of it, and I don't want to. I don't want to see too much of that again. So I'm wondering what the Suns are going to do in the next few days. Um, that today, Jonathan Motley's contract is non-guaranteed. Other players around the league's contracts, they become uh, at least somewhat guaranteed after today. And so, 
you've got a number of players who could be moving teams in the next five days. Sun's that season that's, opener is in a few days. That's why there's no use to get spun up about a backup center that might or might not be on the roster. Like yeah. who cares? You know what I mean? If he does well, even make it to the roster, yeah. the chances of him playing very much are very, like, you know, very slim uh, unless there's a, you know, a dire scenario. It's much yeah. like, you know, people getting hyped up about Nico Mannion getting a two-way contract with the Warriors. And I'm like, yeah, we'll see if he plays at all. And so far yeah. in this preseason, he's averaged like three minutes a game. Like, which is chill. pretty bad when a two-way player gets three minutes a game in preseason, you know, uh, that a guy who was supposed to be a first rounder, that's not so great. Uh, at least Motley got his and Tyshawn Alexander, uh, he's not going to be playing much in the regular season either. I totally get it that the rotations were, I'm just saying that there's a little bit of uh, shallowness on the big men. And there's also a problem with getting to the free throw line last year. They were 10th in free throws. Uh, the, the one piece they really didn't replace as far as getting to the line was Kelly Oubre. So we'll see who picks up the slack. Obviously, people want it to be DeAndre Ayton. Uh, we'll see if that happens. We'll see if Chris Paul um, helps other guys get to the line more with uh, with perfect passes. Uh, we'll just we'll see how it shakes out. It's preseason. You played two games on the road, which usually favors the home team when it comes to calls, and then two games against the Lakers, who have two of the biggest superstars in the game, and they're the Lakers, who tend to get all the calls. So I'm not going to read a lot into into free throw shooting yet either. And when it comes to the big man depth, I think what surprised me the most with that is that Jalen Smith looks more like a backup four than, than a backup center, which changes things a bit because you're likely going to have to rely uh, a lot on Dario playing those minutes and we've yet to see him. Uh, Hopefully he's all right. Uh, So I don't know. I don't know that you're going to find some, some savior uh, in in backup big man minutes uh, off of somebody's scrap heap coming up in the, in the next few days before the season starts. If that's, I think we're, I think we're parsing hairs here. If uh, splitting hairs here, if that's what we're, what we're looking at. I don't think that's make or break before Wednesday's open. No, I think, I think they got versatility, you know, from one through five, they got versatility. They don't need a standard big man. They just need somebody to, to spell DA and give him some minutes on the bench so he can, you know, recover. Cause apparently like breathing is very hard right now for him. (laughs) That was hilarious. He's having a tough time, you know, and if, and if we judged everything by preseason, well, hell Dave, you'd be cut today because what is this? Well, now, now you that? ruined one of our tweeter deletes. Look, I, this is a major delete. Let's just say that right now. We'll get into it. Yeah, I mean, hey. I'm like, come on now. I hey, like some pre- of the comments I got on that, though. I like some of the comments on that because the, the renovation was Suns versus Phoenix. <laughs> I'm getting Look, the, it paid the for. Pre- the preseason <laughs> is preseason for everyone, all right? And, yeah. uh, and there's a reason for it. And if you listen to the national broadcast at all last night, uh, you know, I, I tuned in for a few yeah. seconds. I was at Fox Sports Arizona most of the time, but JVJ uh, was even in preseason form. So yeah, Jeff and Gundy. So preseason for everybody across the board. Let's just let's just say that. And uh, speaking, uh, go I will, ahead. I will, I will say this about um, Jalen Smith. Uh, I didn't think he played particularly well, but I loved his aggressiveness. It didn't feel like yeah. he was scared. Uh, you know, to make a play if 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 he thought there was one, you know, and and that's what you want to see from from a rookie, you know, like understand when to defer to the superstars, but you know, 
don't make the moment bigger than it is. It's a preseason basketball game. Do what you need yeah. to do to, to to get your groove um, at this level and and see what you can do, and then then you fix it and tweak it as you move on. He's, he's not clearly afraid lost. I mean, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Jeff. I was just to say he's not afraid to shoot. I mean that that was very clear in preseason. He is he's not afraid uh, to shoot, uh, in particular from behind the yeah. three point line. And I think eventually he finds his legs with that shot. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's uh, you know, the standard rookie off season is you've got summer league where you just get used to a little bit different competition than different level of athleticism than you had in college. And then you've got a month or six weeks of pickup games where you learn your teammates and you learn how that speed goes a little bit. And it's all a slow ramp up. And then you've got some preseason and then you've got regular season. This is like a, obviously none of that prior stuff. And then only four preseason games and then boom, we're in. So he is completely lost. He's going to be lost. He's going to get himself turned around in, in defense. He's fouling uh, pretty – he's really good at fouling. That's that's what his best attribute in preseason has been fouling. Um, but uh, you, 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 you expect that. I am – yeah, he's a little different than I expected to see. Uh, he is a little – obviously his nickname is Sticks, and he certainly looks it. Um, he's, he's got a kind of a big upper body – on, on skinny legs. There's no problem with that. You can have the strongest legs in the world. They don't have to be big. Um, but he's got, he's got to learn about his balance and his, and his shifting his hips and stuff like that. And uh, he'll get there. He'll get better throughout the season, but right now, and the reason I didn't mention him on the, on the uh, shallowness of the big men is because I do think he's got, uh, he's got the potential, strong potential to get better throughout the year. I'm not as convinced on Damian Jones and Jonathan Motley, for example, um, getting better throughout the year. You mentioned Motley one more time. We're going to end this broadcast, I swear. <laughs> I promise you. He's an afterthought to me. He's you mentioned Motley in January. He's going to be like the 15th man. I swear. You're going to eat that hat. Motley's not going to be on the roster, all right? <laughs> I didn't even know the guy was on the roster till I tuned in to Fox Sports. You never even heard of our draft picks, so that doesn't say much. <laughs> you know, one thing I will say uh, also is, is you made a good point about, about there not being a, a summer league this year. And yeah. if you remember watching, especially the first couple summer that. league games for again? everybody, um, it's – it's just so fast. Everybody's going at a million miles an hour because they're trying to prove that they can play at this level. Um, and th and that was taken away. And and actually, uh, Eddie, uh, last night and a couple times on the broadcast, he was talking about a lot of those rookies going too fast. You know, they, they got to slow down and, and just let the game come to them. And, uh, you know, and sometimes your head gets over your heels and then you're just out of control and you got no – and that's why the massive amounts of fouls and, and charges and things of that nature happen. So – um, I, I think as as we proceed through the season, um, I think we're going to see a significant difference from game one to game 40 mm -hmm. for Jalen Smith. I do. Absolutely. Hey, I want to give a shout out to Grace, um, one of our listeners daughters. He asked her, he said that she loves us and wanted a shout out. So there you go. Thanks for listening and watching, Grace. We appreciate you. Thank you for gracing us with your presence. Oh, hey. oh there's a Saturday morning dad joke for you. There it is. I love there it. There it is. Saul, so, since, since you've been uh, taking the wheel, anything else you want to do before we go? Any? I, I, Sorry, man. I don't it's want to good. careen the car off the cliff without it's your without your permission. No, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's All your right. show. It's your show, Espo. I forgot we were on Espo's show. The Espo oh. show. Is that still running? Don't you, don't you forget it. <laughs> that this is my show. 
Nobody I, knows. I talked to I talked to uh, Monty Williams, and he said that is a great show you've got there. Uh, I did, you know, no. Uh, five burning uh, questions oh, about the preseason jealousy. is what we have. Uh, don't call your doctor. Uh, it's it's all right. The burning is natural after oh. four preseason games. Uh, oh, look oh, at that! Geez. We've got graphics. There we we've go. Got, we've got graphics. Look there at that! Go. Five burning questions. Uh, there we go. So, so I'll watch it. Watch out! That that fire is close to your face. Dave. It is. So the first first question coming out of preseason that we need to know is: Chris Paul played minimal in the preseason, right? So are you concerned about his health going into the regular season? I am not. Um, I know he's going to take some games off from time to time. Uh, you know, and Monty said that it, it was more precautionary than it was, you know, an actual problem. They just wanted to make sure that they didn't push him, and rightfully so. He's been in the league forever. You don't want to lose him in the preseason. It makes no sense. Let him, let him heal up. Let him be full strength and ready to go. Um, I'm sure something like this would not stop him from playing in the in the regular season, uh, unless it was just a you know a day to day problem consistently. Then you know they'll probably sit him. But we have to expect that Chris Paul. My expectation is that Chris Paul, outside of like uh, an actual injury, injury, um, I think you know load management will be somewhere between five to ten games. I think he's going to play six or seven, take a game off. Um, that's kind of my expectation. Uh, if he plays 60 games this season, I'm going to be extremely happy. Um, I think 60 games of Chris Paul is is what the expectation should be. After that, it, it's 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 a bonus. Um, so, yeah, I'm not too concerned. He's a veteran. He knows how to get himself ready for the season. He's done it 100 times. Like, n- no concern whatsoever. Hey, let me tell you one nice takeaway from the Friday night game is that since Chris Paul didn't play, we got a chance to see Javon Carter and Devin Booker, and Devin Booker actually focused on being the point guard, um, leading the team. And he, they looked great. They got that twenty-two to seven lead, thirty-eight to nineteen after the end of the first. They still had a thirteen-point lead at halftime. Uh, Don't, forget it took- camp- Don't forget about campaign. Oh, no. Campaign did great in the second unit. He really did. And I love his energy. I love how basically one of those two guys, as long as one of those two guys is always on the court, the Suns are scrappy and they're going to get some steals and they're going to force some the other team's offense to look a little worse than it should. I love it. It's it's that was a tough matchup against the Lakers because LeBron being a big time ball handler for them. I mean, obviously, he's a little bigger than Javon and and Cam, but gosh, um, Javon plays great. Um, Javon plays great uh, against LeBron, against anybody basically, because he knows what he's doing. Every year he gets a little bit better. I think um, I think that's a good combo um, in spots, right? You don't want a whole season of Devin Booker being the point guard with Javon Carter as your shooting guard, uh, but it definitely works in spots. And obviously the Suns have a lot of wings um, that can play around Devin Booker as well. Uh, so I, I I am looking forward to it, and I did like to see Devin running the show last night. Saul, do you do you run campaigns? Uh, are you his agent? Because you you love yourself some campaign, but no, I, I just think he brings a lot of energy to, to the to the to the uh, you know to the team. You know, like he just he's got a little swag. He can hit the three. He's got some nice sneakiness around the rim. I, I I'm a big campaign fan. I, I never really watched him until the bubble last year. Um, I'm a big fan of his for right. sure. Well, well, on the on the Chris Paul front, though, to me, it, it it's not concerning. I believe you played the same number of preseason games last last year in OKC. Uh, I think it's just simply it's preseason. 
Like if he misses Wednesday's home opener and season opener, yeah, then it's a concern. But he he missed two preseason games. Uh, mm-hmm. He played. He showed what he can do. It's obvious they're building chemistry in practice. And even when he wasn't playing, uh, like you saw last night uh, on Friday night, he's sitting there with DA talking him through things, pointing out things, talking to Booker. Like it's not like he wasn't in the arena and wasn't involved. He's there and he, he's doing things and, and helping uh, helping out his teammates. So I'm not concerned that he wasn't on the floor in preseason. I think you're probably right, Saul. We're looking at uh, five to ten games that that he misses throughout the season. They're probably staggered. I'm not. I'm not worried about CP3's health because of the preseason. Now, am I a little concerned because he's 35 years of age and has a lot of mileage? Yes, but there's nothing that came out of the preseason that I was like, "Oh, that's going to be concerning. That's going to be something that lingers." It's normal uh, training camp aches and pains that you keep veterans out out for. It, it just happens, and I'm not. I'm not concerned about that as all if, at all. If you want to answer that burning question, put it in the chat or tweet us at Sun Solar Panel with the hashtag Five Burning Questions, and we will uh, take a look at your responses. Maybe respond back as well. So let's move on to question number two on the burning questions. We've got fill in the blank, gentlemen. The thing that stood out the most about the Suns preseason was. Blank. Saul, why don't you start us off on this one? I mean, it seems like it's so easy to say, but Devin Booker, uh, he's already in midseason form. He looks like he's in a groove. Uh, He looks like he's at at all-star status already. Uh, I mean, he just – everything that Devin Booker does, it's funny. As you watch him more and more and more, He's like one of those rare guys in the league that you just love more and more and more because of all the small things that he continues to do. Um, you know, last night he was just fantastic with, you know, I think 27 points and he just smooth all over the court. He didn't look rushed. Um, and that was the other thing that, that I liked about this team too, is even though the, the, the Lakers made their run in the third quarter, it still felt like the wheels were not falling off, you know, like, okay, you know, they made their run. Whereas in past years, um, I think this team would have panicked and and they would have, you know, maybe played a little bit out of their character in certain spots to try and make make up for some ground. And I think that's because of what Devin Booker brings to the table. I think his leadership has grown, his re, you know, his his responsiveness to adversity has grown. And I think just overall his 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 play, you can see it. The way he carries himself on the court is just a little bit different. He got a little fidgety there in the third quarter, you know, and fouling and fouling and fouling like back to back to back trips. But um, outside of that, I, I just I really love where Devin Booker's at to start the season. And I, what I liked too was it it didn't feel like he was trying to force his will offensively, in particular on Friday night. He was just playing within within the system, getting good shots and making things better for his teammates uh, as well. So that, and that's probably part of the maturity that you mentioned as well, but I'm going to say it, and I don't think it's a preseason overreaction, but somebody will clip this and, and make fun of me if uh, if it doesn't come true. But I, Somebody I, being Saul Bookman. Yes. <laughs> Saul's going to mark this and hand it over to our production crew with Fox Sports Arizona and embarrass me at some point. But I believe that Devin Booker will get some MVP votes this year. 
I mean, that's how good he will look and how big of an impact he will have on this team uh, as they make a, a playoff run. So you can put it down. I think Booker's going to get MVP votes. All right. Okay. Can I give my uh... – Yes, you can. Yeah, you don't have to ask you. You just go. That's what you. Well, I don't know. Do. I look like Espo Whoa. is going to number three here. <laughs> nope. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, my biggest takeaway is that DeAndre Ayton is way out of his comfort zone right now. I know people are going to say that's overreacting. Well, there's a faction that won't say it's overreacting, and there's a faction that says it, it will. He's a very polarizing player. I get it, but he is way out of his comfort zone right now. He's going to need time to adjust to expectations. He doesn't know what expectations are yet. He just went from high school to one year at U of A where they uh, lost in the first round because U of A. Um, and then why, uh, he comes why? To- <laughs> why, Dave? Like why? And then he comes oh. to the Suns. Thanks, Dave. And there's no expectations for two years on the Suns. And he thinks he knows what he's doing and he doesn't. And and he's I think he's I, I disagree. I disagree completely. You know, with can you right I now. let me finish and then you yeah, can disagree? Go ahead. All right. <laughs> so he's uh, I saw some body language out there on Friday night. I don't watch for body language, but I saw some. And he uh there was one there was he just looks I don't know if it's tired or disgruntled, not disgruntled, but tired or unsure what's going on. But there are times he just stops moving and um uh, I don't know what they had to wa- they had to wave him up the court once on offense. And then there was the sideline, you know, um, argument between him and Booker. But I think that was all constructive. Here's the here. Look, let me finish before anyone interrupts. It was all constructive. I think he's going to react well uh, to this and he's going to come out of it. But right now he's out of his comfort zone. But that's where right. growth happens, though, is right. what a guy's out of his comfort zone. That you Go ahead. Sorry, Esma. Go ahead. I'm just, I'm just saying, you force growth out of somebody yeah. when they're out of their comfort zone. And that's yes. what Chris Paul does. And him getting in it a little bit with Devin Booker mm-hmm. is a good thing for the yeah. for the faction of people that say he's not aggressive enough. Well, that gets a guy aggressive. And, and having constructive conversations are, are a good thing. Like, I... It's preseason, but I get it. You know, I have no problem if you think he's out of his comfort zone because that's where a guy becomes better. Uh, my 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 take is is I'm going to borrow a line out of Airplane when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar says, "You know, you tell your old man to drag Walton up and down the court for 48 minutes in the playoffs and tell me how he feels." You know, and Aiden, I swear, last night there was probably about 10 trips down the court where he didn't even touch the ball, and he would be what, and he would have position on the block. And when yeah. you do that multiple times, you just say, you know what, F it, man. I'm busting my hump on this end. Like, I should get at least a touch on this end. And it's very hard. And EJ even talked about it. Being a big man, not being able to touch the ball is is hard. You can't get into a flow of the game. You can't get into a groove. And they don't really try to focus on getting him the ball. And I, I would have thought in the preseason especially, like, now's the time to try and force feed him and, and, and try to get him some touches down low on the block. It ain't going to be the regular season. That's not when you want to try it. That's you need to trust your teammates at that point. You need to build that trust in the preseason. I just don't, I just don't agree that, that he was awful in this preseason. I feel like he still had a, you know, a couple good games. He was, you know, still had 20 and 10, I think, or 21 and 11 or something like that one or 21 and nine. And, you know, I think overall, it's going to take some time for him to adjust, but it's also going to be about him yelling at Devin Booker on the sideline and say, hey, man, you know, instead of throwing the ball over here to freaking Javon Carter on the wing for a, you know, a prayer three-point shot, why don't you just throw the ball down low to me because I have one-on-one down low on the block, and typically 
that should be a mismatch no matter who it is down low. And it's just the, the Suns just didn't really focus. Yeah, I mean, I'll qualify. I'd like to see. My out of comfort zone. Well, I wasn't done, Dave. I'm still end. going. Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead, Dave. My uh, yeah, my out of comfort zone is mostly is on the offensive end. Defensively, he's still stellar. Um, he did. I mean, he he had the opportunity in four games to play against Rudy Gobert and uh, and against um, um, Anthony Davis, and I think he did pretty darn good. So defensively, he's great. It's the offensive. T- he doesn't quite know what he's doing all the time. That's all. And right. the, and like you said, Saul, they're, they're not getting him the ball, but also he's not making it impossible not to get him the ball. He's not really fighting. I mean, that's part of this. That's absolutely part of this. Like, And I'm glad that maybe you saw him yelling at Devin Booker on the sideline. Now, now I want to clarify this. At the end of the game, they were laughing and joking with each other too. So it's just mm-hmm. one of those things that, that teams mm-hmm. do that, you know, you try to grow with each other and, and figure out. And, you know, Aiden probably needs to do that from time to time. He probably needs to do that on the court from time to time. You need to see him say, hey, give me the ball and call for it instead of just – put his hand up passive aggressively and then that's right. it and pout about it. Like, no, get in there. We've all seen guys like that in, in, in person, like in playing pickup ball, like Deandre Aiden's one of the best big men in the NBA. Like he should play like it and act like it on the court. Mm-hmm. Well, and look, he was talking earlier this week about how he and CP three are sitting down and watching film together and working on, uh, on the game off the court. Like, this is, that's what preseason's about is working through offense and, and defensive schemes and trying to understand where you're supposed to be, how to how to best impose your will. And that's where DA is gonna get to. I, I have no problem with that. And and I just I don't I like that he's uncomfortable if that's the it, case mm-hmm. because it, that's that's important for him. And Dave, I, I would completely disagree on the whole take that he's had no pressure on him for the last two years. He's the number one pick. He's had pressure since day one. The comparison to Luca has been ridiculously high, and he has to try and live up to that expectation, which is right now but he, it's, it's 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 so high that he can't he can't even come close to that. Like that's yeah. th- there's pressure on him on a on a year to year basis. You know he knows that. There was external pressure on him the last two years. I hundred percent agree with it, but the team was fully in his in his court and they were def- they were they were uh being given him positive reinforcement and all that stuff. Well, this year the team year. is expecting money, a lot. Money was money. hard on him last year too. Money is money is the constructive criticism guy. Uh and uh Ricky Rubio all positive constructive criticism. Now he's going to get a little bit uh, uh a little bit more aggressive feedback from CP3 and uh Devin Booker's going to be feeling it as well. And that's okay. I'm saying this is all a good thing. This is all a good thing he needs it, but he's got to come out of this funk. I think but, you're going by body language as opposed to what's actually being said and because we're not in those you know those confines in the locker room, or even Dude, on body the language court. is everything. Have you been on Sun's Twitter lately? I know no, I'm fluent in sign language. I know all about body language. Come on now. I love that Dave. I love that Dave got his doctorate in body language <laughs> over the last week. <laughs> Doctor Dave King uh, analyzing the body language of DeAndre Ayton here 
I'm the sun solar panel. Also, we the, are the bastion the king of, of body language. We are we are okay. the bastion of pop culture references. Can right? you read my body language now? <laughs> doctor body language. Yeah, if, he, if he were a doctor of body language, he would have turned off his camera a while ago. We're looking at how we've been reacting uh, to some of that. Uh, uh, turn I, off well, your cameras. <laughs> I also I also love that Saul is bringing the pop culture references that hit home with the kids as he talks about. Uh, the early '80s movie Airplane here on yeah. the show. Rao hate Rao hates me, so it's all good. No, Rao hates everything. All he's trying to do is get a rise out of people. So good for you. You got named on the show. Yeah. Don't worry, on, buddy. Congrats. Woo! Don't don't worry. He it doesn't. Took you about he doesn't know your name. To do that. He, he called you Sal. So, yeah. uh, can I answer the fill in the blank too? Am I am I allowed yeah. to answer? Sure, so, go yeah, for it, right. buddy. Just figured Dave had to ask, so I should ask too. Hey, hey, Espo. Yes. yes. What's sir. your biggest? What's the thing that stood out most to you? Why? Thank you. Uh, it's You're good welcome. to. It's good to be a part of this. <laughs> I, it, it's Langston Galloway. I got. I got property on Langston Lagoon for each and every one of you for a small fee. All right. And if you bought into into Bender Island, uh, you know, if if you were on Kaminsky Cove, come join me at Langston Lagoon, the newest of the Sun Solar Panel properties. Uh, you can hang out and enjoy. Uh, deep splashes in the ocean. Uh, yeah, look, look, Langston Galloway impressed the heck out of me. He looks like he's going to be a huge value for a veteran minimum contract. The guy has no conscience. He'll shoot from anywhere. He's got that EJ streak in him where he could he could drop 20-plus in a quarter if he gets hot and nobody's going to bat an eye. That's how well Langston Galloway shoots, and he's that's what the team needs. He's got a little Eddie there. House in him for sure. I was saying Eddie Johnson, but Eddie House as well. Oh, I it know, seems I like know. it seems like that name Eddie just uh, you know it, it leads to uh, shooting like that. But yeah, Eddie House, Eddie Johnson, Langston Galloway—they're all cut from the same cloth. If they get the ball behind behind the three-point line, they're going to shoot it. All right, and Eddie House well, is a good comp for him. I like that. Well, and Eddie House dropped uh, what was that fifty something in a yeah. in a game in the NBA. So I'm not saying Langston's yeah. going to do. That, but he, he's got that kind of streaky shooting that excites me. And, and this bench and this team has been missing that in the past is that that guy that can can be a sharpshooter, that can go on those streaky scoring runs. And I think it's perfect to put around some of the guys that, that are here. When he gets a chance to play with CP3, when he gets a chance to play with Booker, uh, he's going to get extremely open looks and he will make – a lot of those. I think he solidified himself as as the guy that's going to get a lot of those uh, backup guard minutes uh, in in this rotation. It was between him and and Etwan Moore in the preseason, and Langston Galloway stood up and said, "Nope, this is me. I got this covered. Don't you worry about that." And that excited me the most. So, uh, if you want to come and you want to look at property, I've got plenty of beachfront <laughs> property in Langston Lagoon. Question number three. It's it's getting hot in here. And it's not just Dave and Saul uh, arguing. It actually is the burning questions here. What is your biggest overreaction going into the season uh, after preseason? Uh, Dave, you can start Dave, this time. 
Oh, me go first. So you're asking what is my biggest overreaction? My yeah. biggest overreaction is worrying about Jonathan Motley. We'll just, we'll, <laughs> I'm worried about guys like Jonathan Motley getting way too many minutes out there. Nothing against you, man, but you are not ready for this team. Yeah, Dave is a Motley fool. Oh. All right, we, we got that one. Saul, uh, your overreaction? My biggest overreaction is um, I'm going to say Javon Carter being the backup to uh, backup point guard. Um, I think in the long term, it'll end up being campaign. Okay, I'm campaigning for campaign, whatever you want to call it. Uh, <laughs> I just think that he he provides you a little bit more oomph um, on the offensive end. Uh, Javon's a dog on the defensive end. You got to give him that for sure. But um, I just like the way campaign it really you know sparks this team. And I think in the long run, he's going to be the, the preferred number uh, number one backup point guard. Yeah, right. Javon Carter's going to be the backup too. No, Langston Galloway, baby, <laughs> get on the get on the get on the boat, Dave. Come on. And poor uh, Etwan Moore didn't get any minutes Friday because because uh, Monty wanted to see other guys playing. Yeah. Well, look, uh, I I think everybody is going to assume my overreaction is Langston Galloway, but you're wrong. Because that's not an overreaction. That's appropriate reaction. Uh, you know, that's, but I think my overreaction is the little voice in the back of my head that's saying, maybe we're overhyping this team. Because you see 0-4 in the preseason. They didn't look particularly great against Utah. And and the other part of me is like, shut up, it's preseason. And then but that yeah. little voice and and that little same little voice saying, maybe there's something more going on with Dario than we're aware of, which is is immensely concerning because that second unit needs Dario Saric to, to help facilitate and to be a kind of a guiding force for that second unit. And and I'm overreacting to that. I'm giving a little, giving it a little bit to that voice. And, and I hope, I hope it's just preseason overreaction. So the Suns have the same training staff that they had a year ago. And I remember being surprised at how uh, patient they are with people, with players with injuries. Remember that it was always day to day takes seems, seems to take longer than you would otherwise think. And so um, I, I do think they're being super cautious with everybody. Um, I'm hoping that's the case with Dario and he'll be fine next week, but um, they, they definitely don't tell us all the details. That's for sure. I, I some of the some of the comments in the chats are actually really good right now. The biggest overreaction, the shuffling bench lineup and in, 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 yeah. inconsistency. Uh, some others have said Jalen Smith dunking hard and uh, giving me flashbacks of Amari. I remember on draft night, some people were like, oh, you know, they were making that comparison. That's, Wasn't not, that that's, that's not even a close comparison whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that comparison Dave when we oh. showed the highlights? Oh. I don't think so, did I? <laughs> I mean, uh, of course, we haven't seen the Sun's play we can play it back. Yet, but, I'm sure you know. Saul will put a package together to remind me. <laughs> well, now that we mentioned it, <laughs> Nathaniel in the chat saying, "For shame, Espo." I think that is an overreaction. Uh, everybody knows it's shameful when I open my mouth on this show. So, <laughs> so I think, look, shame, there's a, shame. There's always, there's always something to overreact to in preseason, yeah, and. Yeah. Uh, it's all right because it all starts for real on Wednesday night. So we can, we can stop overreacting to meaningless basketball and overreact to early season basketball, which is exciting. So moving on to the fourth burning question here, who is the starting lineup and who is the sixth man on this team? Saul, what 
are what are you projecting to be the starting lineup? Uh, so the starting lineup is fairly easy. Um, it's essentially the, the the four, and um, I'm going to go with Jay Crowder to start the season. Um, I think Jay Crowder, as well as Chris Paul, will will miss some time, just you know, load management and whatnot. Um, so Cam Johnson will get that that nod. Um, so I kind of gave away my sixth man. Um, I think Cam Johnson will be the sixth man. Um, I just think that 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 provides them a nice uh, with Dario. That's a nice seven man rotation right there. Then you add in the you know campaign and Javon and um, I mean this team's looking really solid from top to bottom mm -hmm. uh, more than I mean I, I can remember in the last couple of years. So um, that's that my starting five would obviously um, be be those gentlemen: Chris Paul, Devin Booker. Then you got J Jay Crowder and uh, DeAndre Aiden and Mikel Bridges. Dave, Absolutely. do you disagree there at all? No, I don't. I think that's definitely Javon, uh, Jay Crowder is that fifth starter. And Mikel Bridges obviously is, is, is starting his first of 10 years as the starting small forward for the Suns. Uh, right next, he's perfect. Uh, those guys are perfect with Chris Paul and Devin Booker and Mikel Bridges. Jay Crowder is great in that he's got some bulk to him. So he can, even though he's only 6'6", he can play like a power forward. It's perfect for this league right now. And then, of course, you got DeAndre. So coming off the bench as the sixth man, I would say if you put the sixth man being the most important uh, bench player, then that's rather than the one who necessarily comes off the bench first. Um, I would say Darius Arch. Uh, to me, that is your that is the most important guy. We've seen it in preseason. Those guys are really struggling for a uh, a playmaker. And and Dario isn't going to rack up assists. He's not going to score a ton of points, but he's going to do all the things to keep things going. As as Monty called it last year, he's a connector, which means he's really good in that point five offense and keeping the ball moving and helping guys make quick decisions, putting them in position to make quick decisions. And uh, that that is really important. So I think he's the sixth man. What about you, Espo? Uh, looking at the starting lineup, I think you guys are correct for out of the gates. I think Jay Crowder is going to start a power forward, but I think eventually Cam Johnson winds up in that starting lineup. I, I think that that's uh, – we've heard Monty this preseason talk about how Jay's worked with the starters and that second unit and and that, you know, basically implying he's flexible. I think we're going to see at a point where they feel they want to go back to that lineup, that, that starting lineup that worked for them so well in the bubble. And I think Crowder's got the kind of mindset that – He's not going to care when he when he comes into the game. He's going to come in and do what it takes to to play quality basketball for this team and help them win. And we've talked about it in the past. It it's great whoever is on the court to start, but it really all that matters is who are the five guys ending a game for you, and that's going to depend on. Who has the hot hand that night? What situation are you going into in those final minutes in a game? And, and Monty isn't going to be afraid to, to run the guys out he feels best about night in, night out, uh, You know, depending on what's going on in the game. It's going to be situational. And I think Crowder and, and Cam Johnson will be interchangeable in, in those situations. So I'm, I'm with you. I think Crowder starts to begin the season. But I think we're going to see Cam Cam Johnson get some run there for sure. In terms of sixth man and, and most important, it's obviously Langston Galloway. Uh, no, I, I, <laughs> I think I think Dario is is going to be key offensively for 
the Sun's second unit, uh, as Dave talked about, which is facilitating things. But defensively, that's going to be a big question mark if he's your backup center. Uh, Impact-wise, I, I think six man's going to change. Each each night is going to is going to be a different guy off that bench because you're not looking at just you know one guy that that's a, a true six man. We're not looking at a, a Lou Williams or any one guy that's going to score in volume, which is usually what you look at in in, in particular when you're talking about a, a potential six man of the year candidate. The Suns don't have a guy like that. Uh, on the bench, so it's it, the six man's probably going to rotate between the likes of uh, you know, in importance uh, of Dario, Cam Johnson when he's coming off the bench, uh, a, a guy that gets hot shooting wise, whether it be Javon Carter or Langston Galloway or or something like that. Sometimes Javon's going to be the most important guy on that bench because of his defense. So I I know that's kind of a cop out, but I think it's gonna it's gonna rotate. So. Question five, and it's the one everybody knows is coming. I mean, yeah. when preseason ends, you got to make a prediction, right? And 538, the number nerds of the internet, have uh, have crunched whatever algorithm they use and have determined that the Phoenix Suns are going to finish 42 and 30 and be fifth in the West. Now, it's tough to argue with the number nerds because I don't understand their equations, but uh, <laughs> so, and all they care about is and that the doesn't stop most of the internet from arguing with number nerds. But yeah. Dave is a body language expert. So it's important <laughs> to turn to him to understand <laughs> why what, they what the body language says that. Hey man, I tell you what, what is uh, the body uh, language? I the BLI, what does the body language index say? The body language index, there was 42 <laughs> positive body language moves by DeAndre Ayton last night versus 30 <laughs> negative. So that's going to be, that's obviously going to be their record this year. Um, no, I think, I think the over under on that 42 wins is, is pretty good. Obviously the West is stacked. Um, you're, those wins are because you, they do the, I don't know how many simulations, somewhere between a thousand and 10,000 or whatever. Um, it's going to, it's going to crunch everyone in the middle. So everybody in the, uh, the highest is 46. The lowest is 41. As far as, uh, playoff makers, it can be any of those. And the Suns can be anywhere in that. The key is going to be their, how they finish in the clutch. CP three is one of the best clutch players in the NBA. Uh, and Devin Booker obviously knows how to make shots in the clutch as well. So well, that's what I'm looking forward to is the Suns winning more games than they should because they're so good in the last five minutes. That's what I want to see. All right. So yeah, I would, I, I would agree. I would agree. Um, I actually was asked to make a prediction on, on somebody else's podcast. And I, I actually said 42 and 30 before I saw the 538 mm -hmm. thing. So I think 42 and 30 sounds just about right. You know, it's, 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 um, you know, it, it, it takes in the calculation of Chris Paul missing a few games and, um, you know, things not going right one night. And, and so I, I don't know. I, I think that obviously the difference would be they could get to 45, 48 if, DeAndre Aiden plays at an all-star level. If he doesn't play at an all-star level, I think 42 and 30 sounds just about right. I think mm -hmm. he'll be fighting for anywhere from a three to a six seed. I'd probably afford it a six seed. Um, three, depending on how other teams fall apart. Because um, you know there's going to mm -hmm. be a team that falls apart. You just know it's going to yeah. happen. So 
Saul going bold, saying they'll be anywhere from three to six. Uh, <laughs> they'll be somewhere between the one to eight range. And anywhere from the one to ten range. Somewhere one, in there. Somewhere one to 15 in the West, I think. The plan, they might be not. I don't know. They'll be in the top 15 in the West. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Maybe one of the top 30 teams in the NBA, I think, sounds like like it should be good there. Look, uh, I I know the, the number nerds in Vegas say 38 and a half is where this line is. And I am hitting the over hard. Like I, I, I'm not, I'm not a gambling man per se. But if I were, if I were to drop some money on that, I'd be going over all day, every day. I think this is a 43 win team this year, 43 and 29. I think they're a three or four seed, depending on how the rest of the West shakes out. Look, that's that's like one spot difference there. I can give you a, uh, that kind of a range. Uh, unlike Saul, uh, I'm going to say. The three to four seed in the West, as long as injuries don't play a major part in this year. Obviously, that changes everything. Uh, and I know there's a lot of people wanting yeah. to smack me across the face through the screen right now for for even bringing up the thought of injuries. But that's the reality what? of it. You know, as long as there's no injuries, I'm saying 43 wins mm-hmm. and a three or four seed, which what? gives you. Home court advantage in a year that that doesn't mean jack squat like so. What is what's the what's the cutoff for disappointment? Is it the six seed? Like if they get the six seed, are people no. upset? It's the not top me. Eight. No, I think I think you just uh, you make it into the yes top six would be great, so you don't have to do the play in tournament. Um, top ten would be great, so that the Suns are actually qualifying for the play in. I'm good. I'm good. I'm just, I'm looking forward to a high seed. You consider the play in part of the playoffs? No, just to win it. Yeah. To make it into the playoffs through the play in tournament is fine enough for me. You heard that, ASU fans. The first four doesn't count either. There you go. Does not. That's That's basically (laughs) the first losers. Like, that's just the way that works. Let's be honest. No, look, you've got to make it into the actual playoffs. Yeah. You don't invest the kind of money you did across the board. Uh, into the roster, into the facilities, all those things to wind up, you know, in a play-in situation where you lose and you do not get to the actual playoffs. If you're not playing a first-round series, this is a failure of a year. And mm-hmm. again, with the caveat of injuries change that, but outside of that, it is a failure of a season if you are not in the first round of the NBA playoffs. I, I agree. I agree. Totally agree. Now, if they came in as the eighth seed after doing a play-in and they played the Lakers in the first round, I think I would feel a little differently at that point. Like, damn, they sh- they could have been a five or a six seed. Instead, they're playing the Lakers, and I mean, most likely you're going to get bounced in the first round. So, you know, it's like uh, I think I'd be a little bit more disappointed on that one. I fully expect them to be a four or a five seed. That's where I think that they're slotted. I yeah. think that's where they're going to finish. Um, I'm hoping for that four, so that way they have home court advantage in front of maybe some fans at that point, because you never know what things are going to look like once we get to April and and, and May and June. You know, it, maybe things are going to be a little bit different in this country. Um, I hope so, because I know people want to check out that arena, and and, mm-hmm. and they deserve to check out that arena. It's been it's been over a year since we've been to a basketball game, man. It's okay. A decade without playoff Somewhere. basketball and then finally making it and not being able to have fans sounds about right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and the way things have gone here in Phoenix. So, you know, yeah. that, that, 
that is our five burning questions for the preseason. If you have answers that you want to share with any of them uh, about any of them, hit us up on social at Suns Solar Panel on the on the tweets. You can uh, message us there, and uh, maybe or maybe not, we'll try to respond. I think so. That's right. It's opening night coming up on Wednesday as the Suns take on the Dallas Mavericks out at, uh, what are we calling it, PHX Arena right now, and it'll be an 8.30 tip, that late start. Uh, for the arena the who shall not be named. <laughs> it's uh, it's late, which means you're going to get something special. You're going to get... <laughs> Sun solar panel after dark. That's right. We're going to come to you after the game and after Tom and Tom on Fox Sports Arizona. You can <laughs> hop on the Fox Sports Arizona Facebook page or the Sun solar panel YouTube page and uh, have a little fun with us as we break down that first game of the season. We'll be in that time slot that used to be Carson Daly's or if you're even older, Bob Costas's on late night television. You know, the one that if you fell asleep with the TV on and happened to wake up in the middle of the night was on. The late, that's yeah. gonna be the, the, late the late, late, late show. Yeah, I actually had to take work off so I could sleep in that morning <laughs> so I could be awake for the, the post post game show that we're going to be doing. Damn work doesn't same. give you Christmas Eve off. Well, I got to take the 23rd off so I can get to sleep that day just to, <laughs> to be awake to watch the game end uh, and for our post-post game show. You know, look, I'm thinking I'm going to get the the smoking jacket. We're going to go all in on Suns. There you after go. Time. Let's do it. I got a robe. It doesn't fit, but I'm going to wear it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> we don't want to see that, man. It's all silk. No shirt. Here we go, baby. Everyone's got to be in the gray sweats. That's all that matters. <laughs> We're basically going to be doing a morning show for some of you, especially if you're the East Coast fan. Oh, we'll yeah. be fun breaking everything. Uh, I, I, got, I got a shower cap. Let's go. In the chat says, please never say after dark again. <laughs> nope. We're going to say it a lot and a lot on Wednesday because it's sun solar panel after dark. All right. Get used to it. We're going to have some fun with that. If, if the chat has a better idea for a name, I'm all for it. Because the Pac-12 has Pac-12 after dark. Yeah, and, the and late, you know what? Late, late off the show radio. with the sun solar panel. Come on, now Chad. I know you guys can be creative. Give give us something in the chat. Let's go. I feel like what we need is a local band to also be there for the show, that we just have them in a box there, and uh, and every once in a while they just play a song for us. You know, it's a... I'll bring some. I'll bring some cards to hold like a late night host. It'll be great. We're gonna we're gonna break down the game after you watch it on Fox Sports Arizona Wednesday night as the Suns take on the Dallas Mavericks in the season opener. So. After after the post game show, I just want to remind everybody: it's not after the game; it's after the post game show. So once you don't see it on Fox Sports Arizona anymore, you can come over to us and uh, we'll let you vent. We're like the. Uh, the after dinner mint that comes after Tom and Tom. All right. Uh, you, you were the, we're when it gets we're weird. The James all right? Gordon. We're, we're, we're the, the James after, Gordon after party. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That you go to after you've already been to the club. Then you're like the Craig Ferguson probably. Yeah. <laughs> Son's confessions. Uh, I don't, I don't like that. I do not <laughs> I like that. Know, game. Uh, 
Oh, I like it. Oh, I like it. Weirder on Wednesday Solar panel night. switched on, actually. Yes. We have we have a new segment here on the show. It is called Tweet or Delete. We're going to show you what is... Oh, look at that. Saul coming with the graphics. Tweet or Delete. Go. The concept is simple. We will show you a tweet, gentlemen. You will then tell us, would you actually tweet this? Or would you delete it before you sent it out to the masses? And with the first tweet or delete, we look at it and let's uh, let's throw that up on the screen as we actually made it visual for you. And it says, it's a complete travesty. The Suns aren't unveiling their Valley uniforms in court opening night on national television. Gentlemen, would you tweet or delete this? I would delete it. Jeez. Come on. No, they're, they're gorgeous uh, uniforms, and the court is great as well. But I love this new court that I just saw last night So on, on Friday. So you've got it. You've, you've got to promote. That is just uh, really, really cool. Lots of lots of purple and orange. Um, it really stands out. That should be the opening night court. And then the alternate is that one, the Fun Valley one. Come on, uh, I would tweet it actually because you had all this hype about the the new uniforms in the off season. Like, why not? You know, why not showcase it on opening night? What What are you waiting for? Like, yeah, absolutely, tweet it. Second sure. night, I I hit tweet faster than I can type that damn thing if it's on my account. Look, yeah, Dave obviously doesn't work <laughs> in marketing, and no, nope. I have the last half of a decade, and you have to capitalize when people are excited, right? There's not going to be more excitement than the first time that Chris Paul steps on the court as a Phoenix Sun. And if you're looking at it, and the Valley is supposed to be this brand this year that's supposed to get everybody excited, roll it out opening night. And I get why they're not, because they want those images of of CP3 and Booker with Suns across their chest on the first night. If everything you put into teasing this year, all your all your media day photos are in those new beautiful uniforms, embrace it. Roll out the valley on opening night and go big when you stick it to the Mavericks. I tweet it, right? and I don't care what the. What it is going to be fun. It is going to be fun. The game, no matter what, uh, going against that Mavericks and and uh, the Suns do well on opening nights. You're right. Probably that is the time to time to really go in on that new uniform because. You don't know who's gonna if they're gonna win or lose starting when the games actually start playing. So it could be this. Hopefully, the highlight of the season isn't gonna be opening night. Let's just let's that, just say that. I love that they took peer pressure just to get Dave fooled <laughs> real quick. Yeah. No, 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 no. I still don't want to do it. I'm just saying, if you're going just on marketing, let's hope that's not the high of the season. Who brought that's the good I'm news bear? Somebody give him some honey. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go on to the second in tweet or delete. CP3 is the second best coach on the Phoenix Suns bench this year. Tweet or delete, Saul. Let's start with you. Delete, delete, delete. Uh, I mean, that's, I mean, Chris Paul is a good on court presence, and he's got a lot of leadership, and uh, he's gonna, he's definitely gonna educate guys on the court. But you know, that that kind of undermines what the guys are doing in the individual work day after day after day and hours and upon hours and research and trying to help these guys get to where they need to be. Uh, so I'm going to say no, delete it. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to say, I'm going to say tweet it because he'll be like the player development coach. The Deandre needs the most. Um, uh, Mark Bryant's been great on teaching him big man stuff down low. And Chris Paul is going to be probably the most likely person to teach him um, how to, you know, how to focus in, in the right ways on the court. So I'm, I'd tweet it. I think it's good. 
I, I definitely think so. I, I deleted it's Langston Galloway. <laughs> it's, that's going to be my retort to everything. Now, I, I'd have to I'd have to think about this one because CP3's impact on DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker is going to be immense in the way he approaches the game, uh, in the way he views the game on the court, and he's going to teach them a lot. But when you have Monty Williams and, and that staff, I think it's tough to assume that that it's it, it's semi insulting, quite frankly, to assume he's the second best coach uh, on that bench. So I likely would delete this one. And let's move to the last I, I one. Feel, we- I, wait, I feel like there's going to be a seminal moment in this season where Chris Paul is going to get after Da, and we're all going to see it. And then maybe either in that game or later in the season, Da is going to have that game where yeah. maybe he dunks on somebody, and Chris Paul just goes nuts and it's just yeah. like. And he like pushes them, and I'm like, I think if we have that moment, it's going to be mass chaos on Twitter because everybody's going to be like, "There it is! We've been waiting yeah. for this for three years." You know, what I mean? Abe will spend 20 minutes breaking down the body language for you after. <laughs> yes, Doctor Body uh, Language. So Doctor Body Language. Previewed the third tweeter delete earlier in the show, but here's the third one: Would you tweet Porter Sports Suns versus Phoenix coming up? Woo! I had one thing on not my only, mind. Not only delete it, delete your account too. It's over. Oh, Dave obviously would tweet it because those. it was a real tweet from Friday night when he was in the building at the game. Yeah. Uh, I'd tweet it for. But I love Sun's Twitter for being all over that thing. That is oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nobody let that one go. Yeah. I would retweet it. That's for sure. That's almost <laughs> as good as as Espo's Chris Paul take. Yeah, it's almost as good as this one, too. Hey. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> tweet and delete. I, I tweet it again. I'll probably tweet, retweet it multiple times this season because I think that's going to be a theme. Yes, that is my face on Jim Carrey, if you're wondering. Uh, for those of you listening, it, it's I said, me when the refs don't give Bill respect a, at all. And then it's a gif yeah. of my face on Jim Carrey from uh, Liar Liar. So there you go. Uh, for those listening on the podcast, we don't want to leave you out on the inside jokes. So there, you go. there you go. So there you go. So that is tweet or delete. We'll bring it back later in the season. We want to hear from you. Uh, let us know, would you tweet those or delete those at Suns? solar panel uh on twitter so let's uh let's move into saul's favorite moment of every show it's imagine this and i cannot get the song from Willy wonka out of my head <laughs> when when you show this graphic it's in there all week long which song Saul, which song the tunnel song a world of pure imagination oh i think of uh we have no or uh the rowing song that's the one i always think of <laughs> I, you just got me to sing on the show, which means we lost every single listener. Interview. <laughs> I think of the grandpa that uh, I don't think a song. I think of the grandpa who was laying in bed for twenty some years, but as soon as you mentioned a chocolate factory, he's on his feet and dancing. Yeah, that, that's I what I think do- of when I think of Charlie. I guess the factory. doctors didn't uh, didn't try that. Uh, yeah. In those- yeah, yeah, it, it only, just it only took some, candy. It only took some chocolate to get Uncle Joe out of his, <laughs> his bed. <laughs> what a Joe. lazy POS. I mean, really. Uncle Joe. Right. 20 it, years. In, in the history of cinema, <laughs> it's it's Uncle Joe and Pam Beasley from The Office, the two most overrated good characters that were actually oh, evil. Delete. Evil. Delete. Yeah. 
Pam is awesome. Delete. Pam is an Pam is awful. Her and Jim are terrible. Like They're awful. what? They're like the worst people ever. Oh, you watch, if you watch, I watch The Office like every night before I go to bed, and I've seen it like six times over, and I cannot help but just hate Pam Beasley for being so selfish. She cost my man his dreams, but oh he let God. her have hers. It's just the, she's like oh the Oh my God. Yeah. Maybe you guys are taking this too seriously. Next, we're going to hear a friend's take. <laughs> oh, I got some friend's takes. Yeah. <laughs> I got a, here's a hot take for you about The Office. That show is uncomfortable to watch now. Like it, it it's uncomfortable. <laughs> so says Jay in the chat says, "Okay, I hate Saul and Espo now." I'm surprised it took this long. Do we have an imagine this, or are we just going to talk about? Uh, right, yeah, the, imagine this is more of like almost our sixth burning question: which needs to happen more? Uh, uh, Chris Paul needs to retain his second team all NBA status this season for the Suns to be successful or DeAndre Aiden has to be a borderline all-star for this team to really get to another level look it depends on what we're defining success as I don't to be think a, to be a three seed to okay. be a three seed, oh. which one of those two needs to happen to make the playoffs neither of them have to happen but to make a three seed and push the upper echelon of the west DeAndre Ayton has to reach his yeah. full potential. That's oh. that's what has to happen here. I See? don't. Okay, so I think DeAndre Ayton's full potential, full potential, is to be a top ten player in the NBA. He doesn't have to do that. I think what Saul said is him being um, ver deserving of All Star or All NBA status is what is needed for the Suns to be a three seed this year, uh, for sure. I think they make the playoffs if he's the same DA as a year ago, just uh, seventy games worth. And I think they um, are a contender if he become if he becomes his full self. But he's still only 22 years old. I think he'll make strides this year. He'll have a, a more full year of games. I mean, we're knocking on wood right now that he plays more games. Uh, and he's going to be better. And he's going to be borderline all-star because of the numbers he puts up and the impact he has offensively as well as defensively. Uh, right. I definitely think so. Right now, DA is more... Um, you know, a poor man's Tim Duncan than he is um, than yeah. he is AD. You know what I mean? And when you watch AD last night and the flexibility he gives you on offense to shoot from the perimeter inside, and he's just as big and tall as DA, like that's what you need DA to get to at some point. Like, yeah. and, and I, I don't know if he's if he's going to come close to that this year, but that doesn't mean. I mean, there's a big gap to me between. AD and then the rest of the other bigs in the NBA. Yeah, uh, Joel Embiid has flashes, but then he gets in his own head and he kind of disappears from time to time. DA can be that second best big man in the league, and that's good enough to take you to a whole other level. It's just, can he do it? Can he get through that? And I hope Chris Paul yeah. helps him out. Oh, hold on, hold on. You're glossing over the, the, the biggest statement you made since your Pam take here. How poor exactly is this man uh, that, that he's a poor man, Tim's Dun Tim Duncan? Like, I mean, I'm, a big, I'm a big DA stand, but like, I'm right. a poor no, man. I mean, Tim but, Duncan. No, I, I, in terms of like the, the way his game is, right? He's, he's yeah. close to the basket right now. He's not from the perimeter. 
You know what I mean? He's he's hitting his you know his his little hooks and his, his turnaround jump shots and stuff like that. He's more close to the basket within 15 mm-hmm. feet, like Tim Duncan was in pretty much his entire career. <laughs> and defensively, he's more impactful defensively than offensively. Exactly. So I don't feel yeah. like I'm that far off. Jeez, man. No, as far as profile, that's like saying it, it, it's it's not as bad it. as Akeem Warwick being a poor man's Amari Stoudemire, uh, but it's definitely in that same realm where the the skill sets is look, what you're talking about. Look. I, Hakeem Warwick was a poor man's Hakeem Warwick, all right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm not putting putting Amari's name anywhere near Hakeem Warwick's name. Let's not do that here. Let's hope Jalen Smith isn't a poor man's Hakeem Warwick. Oh, oh God. Let's let's not say that. (laughs) Uh, let's, Let's be honest, though. When you look at it, if CP3 just gives you what you got from Ricky Rubio last year. I think this team makes the playoffs in his quality, but you really need DA to, to take that step. Like he has to, uh, he has to to go from good last year to almost great this year. And he should be able to do it. I mean, he missed 25 games due to the suspension Mm -hmm. and then numerous games due to injury. If he can just stay on the floor and grow with CP3, you think that that step should be inevitable here. Well, I do. Mm-hmm. Obviously, half of Sun's Twitter doesn't, but but I think that that's an inevitable step here, and that's what you're going to need. You're going because you you can trust CP3. You know that Book's going to be in the discussion as one of the best guards in the league. But who's the third guy? And the only guy on the roster that really has that potential to step up and, and be in the upper echelon is DeAndre Ayton. And that's no knock on Mikhail Bridges. I think Mikhail's going to be uh, continue to be one of the best lockdown defenders. And he's going to improve offensively. But he's not going to take that step where you go, oh, Mikhail Bridges is part of a big three. The guy that could do that is DeAndre Ayton. And you need it if you're going to. Uh, if you're going to contend in the Western Conference, yeah, I think I think you hit it right on the head. It, when they when they talk about CP3 and his impact on DA, I also do think that Devin Booker is also by by you know by association with Chris Paul will take his leadership to another level as well. And I think those two uh, really kind of you know doubling up on on DA to try and get him to another level is is what's going to be needed. And and let's let's not confuse this. You know, I mean. The culture is starting to change within this organization for the first time in a long time. Um, that's also because of James Jones, but Devin Booker is a big part of that. And, uh, you know, he talked about the culture the other day. We have to build this foundation, make this, you know, make this organization something that people, you know, want to come and enjoy. I remember him telling me that, make this a place that people want to be a part of. And now, a year later, you know, he come with having a Hall of Fame guard, Chris Paul, wanting to join you. Jay Crowder coming here. So I think, you know, from an organizational standpoint, that's a, a big plus for us. Um, for having people see what's going on here, seeing what's building, what's forming, and, and want to be a part of it. So I think that's good for, for us in here and the fans out there to see that Phoenix is a destination that, you know, people want to call home. Yeah, I think that just that just speaks to to the mindset of of where these guys are at more importantly than anything else. Um, and you know, we we have what four days before the the season tips off. Like, we should we should really enjoy the fact that we're we are relevant right now yeah. as we speak, and and we have mm-hmm. people's attention, 
and in that the the Suns are are in a position to where they can make some noise this year. And uh, I hope that continues during the season. I expect it to. And I, I'm really excited to see what this season uh, has in store for the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, hats, hats off to uh, James Jones and Monty William because the culture doesn't start to change without those two guys. Yeah. And Devin Booker obviously is a big part of it as well. By the way, a few people in the chat, Buck Dog, that's what the poor man's Jim Carrey. And then uh, blah, 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 saying Dave's a poor man's Santa. <laughs> I don't even want to know what I'm a poor man of. I really don't. <laughs> you're, you I haven't been here Kevin. long enough for them yeah. to give you a poor yeah. man status. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but, by the way, yeah. I want to get. I, I want to get. I know we're we're towards the end here, but I want to get one flaming baller uh, mailbag question in because it's from uh, Jim Rose Circus, one of our uh, dedicated mm-hmm. listeners, a man who's been with us since the very beginning, and uh, he wanted to know how many suns does it take to screw in a light bulb. Uh, he came with the hard hitting questions and my <laughs> my answer simply is it depends on which roster we're talking about which season <laughs> yeah and, yeah you know speaking of rosters in which season just imagine that it's really literally two years ago that james jones inherited a roster that won 19 games and it's been just a year and a half since he started changing over that roster. I think uh, we've got to hand hats off to James Jones, who's never been a GM before. Had no remember he got a lot of crap from uh, media, national media, for not knowing anybody in anyone else's front office. We focused on the fact that he nobody called him. Congratulate him. He didn't call other people to introduce himself. He just kind of uh, waited out the season, that 19 win season, that the roster was already done before he started. And then he just methodically made changes. The first offseason, he said, I want young vets. Um, I want guys who will help build these 22-year-olds into a team that's competitive. And he did that, bringing in Dario and bringing in Frank and bringing in other guys that were in the 24 to 26-year-old range. And then this year, they're taking that next step as just as he predicted, and they're bringing in Chris Paul and Jay Crowder. I mean, this went exactly as James Jones wanted it to go from day one. If if and if he plays his cards right, you got two years with Chris Paul, and you set yourself up for the potential next step, and uh, you know that's that's probably going to be a super max for Devin at that point, and and then Da depending on what's going on with him, you know you got to make that decision here within the next year or two. And there's a same lot with of Mikel. Those two are in the yeah. same off season. Exactly. And if Jeremy Grant gets twenty million a year, you know we've got some big contract extensions for both Mikel and DeAndre coming. For sure, but Devin Booker's the cornerstone of that, right? And so, oh, even yeah. if, you, if even if you had to lose one of those guys, um, you would think that because of the reputation that this organization would have at that point, maybe they could attract other guys as well. So. Yeah, but let, let's not get uh, ahead of ourselves or over our skis. It's uh, a while for that, and we've got Suns basketball coming up. If you want to get your questions uh, on the show, either join us in the chat on YouTube or Facebook while we're live. Tweet us at Sun Solar Panel, or you can call or text at 480-382-8417. That's 480-382-8417, the Flaming Ballers hotline. Sneaking, in the, sneaking in the numbers right there. I didn't know that was coming up. Look I would have a graphic for you guys. You have, yeah, way, that would have been nice to have it as a graphic. I think. <laughs> next, next week. By the way, Perplex Damage says Saul is uh, a poor man's shaft. Shut your mouth, Perplex Damage. <laughs> We're talking about Saul, all right? 
Anyways, yeah, I went there. So, <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you did. Just a reminder, coming up Wednesday, 8.30 p.m., uh, you can head over to Fox Sports Arizona. You've got the Suns versus the Mavericks. Uh, tune in at 8 for Tom and Tom on Suns Live. And then after the Suns Live postgame show with Tom and Tom, you can join us back here. What, what is whatever the heck It's going to be like midnight it. or so. The Suns Solar Panel Eclipse yeah. or Sun Solar Panel After Dark. Whatever we're gonna go with, uh, we'll be here. <laughs> the, the, total, the, the total midnight sunrise. <laughs> we don't know. I mean, we'll, whatever we're gonna call it, we'll be here after the post game show to either celebrate a victory or help you get, uh, get you uh, over whatever happened on the court. That's was private hotline one nine hundred. Call Espo. I'm not even going to acknowledge whatever Dave is saying. I wish I still had the mute button power, but Saul now has that. Uh, So that is another episode of the Sun Solar Panel in the books for Dave King. uh, Where let everybody know where they can find you, Dave. At Dave King NBA and on BrightSideOfTheSun.com as well for all your Phoenix versus Suns hot takes. Get ready. Uh, hey, man. I, anyway, I got no defense. I got and no defense. the Carmel Thunder from down under, if you're watching, he's in the box down under. He's in the box Maybe. down below. <laughs> he's, he's there. There's Saul Bookman. You can follow him. Find him at Saul underscore Bookman. Uh, or I'm sure somebody will eventually start a parody at Chocolate Thun- or at a Carmel Thunder uh, account. So you can find Saul there. You can always no, you find made it if somebody has a burner for you. Yeah. You can always find me at the name that's always over my shoulder because I'm that vain. It's at Espo on mm. Twitter and uh, the show at Sun Solar Panel. Make sure to follow Fox Sports Arizona on all the on the, all the channels uh, on all the social channels as they will get you everything you need in terms of Suns news and highlights between now and Wednesday. So for Saul, for Dave, I'm Greg Esposito. We'll talk to you on Wednesday night after. The season opener here on the Sun Solar Panel. Yeah, you can't hold me down. Yeah, how you like me now? You won't beat that have a call. Huh, like bling blow, ayy. Yeah, you can't hold me down. Yeah, how you like me now? You won't beat that have a call. Huh, like bling blow, ayy.